0: I'm Chelsea. And I'm Deidre. And we're giving you... A Million Murders!
1: So, I'm just gonna jump in, like I always say. Okay. Uh, Today, I am doing... Well, I titled it "Double Life." Double life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Interesting. So, so, I don't know why I'm like. Mm-hmm. So first, I want to tell you about a girl named Molly Nicole Watson. Okay. She was born in Moberly, Missouri, mm-hmm. in December 1982. She had one brother named Tim, and the two of them were really close growing up throughout their lives. Molly was a very spunky. And vivacious person. Mm-hmm, vivacious. She had a lot of passion for life and everything she did. Her loved ones described her as someone who is just always authentically herself. Molly was her own unique person. She wasn't afraid to let her personality shine. Molly had Asperger's. Mm-hmm. But this was never something that, you know, held her back in any way. It was actually some things, or it was actually something that she really embraced, which is good. Yeah. And it gave her a different kind of passion for life. She was an amazing friend, and she never modeled herself to fit in with others. She liked to stand out from a crowd. And one of her many passions was her YouTube channel. She called it a weekly vlog, and that's where she would share, you know, some of her personal life and different aspects of her life. She'd share her talents and her hobbies and stuff. Um, Molly was a total geek and proud of it. I feel like every time I do an episode, they're always like a geek and I love it. Yes. Come on, geeks. <laughs> she loved video games, making costumes, making props for her cosplay. So she's into this stuff too. Okay. Okay. Um, she also loved animals. She had five cats. That's a lot of cats. That's a lot of cats. And she really enjoyed reading and singing. And one thing that she really loved was nail polish and nail art. She actually started her own nail polish business at one point called Shine Spark. So she first got into the nail polish world as a hobby when she met some other women online. And when she met some other women who like making nail polish and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she then decided to order the materials that she would need in order to make her own and let her cre- creativity run wild. Another okay. reason why... Um, she was inspired to start her nail polish business was because traditional nail polish is often very expensive and extremely overpriced, and she had lower prices than, you know, the popular brands that are, like, in stores. hmm So the name of her company, Shine Spark, was inspired by two things. First, her love of sparkly things, and second, there was actually a maneuver in her favorite video game, and it's called the Shine Spark. Huh. So she thought it was perfect. So that's what she called it. So Molly loved to match her nail polish to whatever color she was wearing. And her two favorite colors were pink and green. Molly's favorite place to travel was Florida because she loved going to Disney and Harry Potter World. Mm,
0: Yes. So. I've never been. I said that like. I know. I haven't (laughs) either.
1: And Molly was also incredibly smart. She had two psychology degrees a bachelor's and was eventually going to go back and get a second master's degree.
0: We'll come through. Yeah. So she was very intelligent. So she had her master's in psychology and then was going to go back and get her, her second master's. Yeah. Her master's and something. So she had two, two bachelor's and then was going to do two master's degrees. Mm-hmm. I'm so, scared of her.
1: <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> so Molly was in her early twenties when she first got married to her first husband. However, their relationship ended after two years, and they ended up getting a divorce. Hmm. But during the divorce process, Molly ended up finding out that she was pregnant with their son. Okay. And during her pregnancy, Molly actually re- reconnected with this woman that she had went to kindergarten with, and her name was Amber Brady. And that's, and what's funny is the two of them, like, actually remember not liking each other <laughs> at school. Oh, okay. Um, but, but yeah, they didn't like each other. In school and oh. growing up, but something had changed and they were just very fond of each other as adults. So, um, and they were so fond of each other that the two of them ended up falling in love. Oh, and Amber, and you didn't see, you didn't see that. Coming, I didn't did see you? it. I coming. didn't either. Whenever I oh, was what? doing it, I was okay. like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, and Amber ended up helping Molly raise her son, whose name is Declan and he was born with cerebral palsy. Oh, Okay. And in the first few years of their relationship, it was great. It was very loving, happy. And while she and Amber were dating, Molly ended up getting a job working in the Moberly Correctional Center. Okay. And she seemed to be really happy with this job. However, a lot of that happiness may be from meeting someone new at work. No. That's where James Addy comes into the picture. Okay. So, he was a lieutenant officer at Moberly Correctional. He spent many years working there, way before Molly, to earn his, you know, earn this very important role okay. that he has. Mm-hmm. Molly and James instantly made a connection, and so while they're starting their relationship, Molly is still in a relationship with Amber, and Amber has no idea that this is going on. No. I know. One time, Molly and James were actually at a motel together hooking up, and Amber goes there and catches them. No, no. No. She literally tracked them down, goes up to the motel door, knocks on it, Molly answers the door, and James is in the background getting dressed and leaving. Mm. So, obviously, this is when Molly and Amber break up. Right. Amber was not happy about this, and cheating wasn't in Molly's character normally, Mm -hmm. but there was something about James that just drew her in, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't long until the two of them started officially dating. So... I'm just going to say this case is wild. Okay. It's crazy. Okay. So, James was older than Molly, about 16 years older. Okay. He was born on the 4th of July in 1965 in Missouri. He entered the Marine Corps as a, look, the Marine Corps, you know how it's C-O-R-P, and i would be like, Me, Marine Corps, I took the pee off. I was like, <laughs> I'm not putting the pee on because I'm not, I'm not going I'm get, not doing this. I ain't doing it. I ain't, I ain't going to mess up on that. No. <gasps> so, yeah. So, he entered the Marine Corps as a teenager <laughs> and had been married several times before he met Molly. Okay. So, when James and Molly became official, he told her that he was married, but he and his wife, Melanie, were in the middle of their divorce. Um, mm-hmm. in the middle of their divorce proceeding. So he claimed to her that the process was just taking a long time, which sometimes divorces can take years and years, you know? Yeah. And yeah. he said that, you know, one of the main reasons it was taking so long was because that they had, you know, two children involved, okay. which can make it more complicated. Right. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, you know, one party's like, I'm not signing these. You're not, you know, Yeah. Yeah. or, you know, whatever. So they had a son and a daughter of their own. Now Molly's family was a little suspicious of this relationship from the start. Uh, all they knew about him was that Molly met him at work, and that uh, she was madly in love with him. Everyone they that saw them together noted that they seemed very into each other, especially Molly. Mm-hmm. That she was smitten by him. They said that they had never seen her in like so in love with someone before. Right. But like I said, her family was suspicious about the relationship and they were very unsure about james right away he said he thought that james was a con man who's just using his sister for money he said that molly was paying for everything that they did he also claimed that james just gave him bad vibes from the start Uh huh. some of the family members described him as being kind of a ghost hmm. that he wouldn't look people in the eye when talking to him and that his personality was just so different than molly's Hmm. But at the same time, they saw how happy Molly was and that she was clearly in love with this guy. So they wanted to support her. Yeah. Tim definitely had his concerns, but he felt like, you know, it wasn't his place to intervene because his sister was so happy. And that's all they want. So Molly and James dated for seven years. And finally, in October of 2017, James told Molly that his divorce was final. And Molly took this as an opportunity to then ask James, the love of her life, to marry him Uh. or to marry her. James said yes. And Molly was over the moon excited Mm -hmm. and very excited to plan it as well. So it was something that she'd always dreamed of. So I'm assuming she didn't have that, you know, dream wedding that first marriage that usually your first marriage is you do. You know, you go all out, do this and that. So, yeah. Uh, She even hired a wedding planner to make sure that their day was absolutely perfect. Come on, wedding planner. Molly was just so excited for her wedding. She wanted it to be absolutely perfect, down to every little detail. She was highly involved in the whole process. She even had two wedding dresses because she just couldn't decide on one. Everything was going according to plan. She was really excited for their wedding that was coming up in 2018, but in... On Christmas of 2017, tragedy struck James. His ex-wife Melanie, who had, he who he had just divorced, right. had gotten into a very serious car accident and was being put on life support. Oh wow. He told Molly that Melanie was still alive but in very bad condition, but even though this horrific accident had happened and Melanie was on life support, they decided to continue with their wedding plans. Okay. They had a date set already. Their wedding was going to be on April 29th of 2018 and a location and they had their location booked. So things were moving forward. Mm -hmm. But Molly understood, you know, that this was a really hard time for James, especially for his kids. Yeah. And he was trying to support his kids as their, you know, mother was on life support, but everything seemed to be in place for their wedding that was coming up in April. However, just a week before the wedding, tragedy struck again. James tells Molly that Melanie had unfortunately passed due to her injuries from the car accident. So now it's just days before their wedding, and James has to comfort their kids, you know, and plan a funeral for his ex-wife. And they kind of threw the idea around of canceling their wedding. Um, this email between Molly and her planner, things just kind of seem to be, like, up in the air as a result of Melanie's death. hmm And this is what it said. So, I spoke with James, and we're just going to kind of have to wing it and hope he's able to make it, I think. His ex-wife slash kid's mother passed over the weekend after a car accident at Christmas. So, he's all over the place helping his kids through this and taking care of things for them, as well as the wedding. Would you be available tomorrow around 6.30 p.m. Tuesday around the same time? Let me know. I get off work at 5. However, on Mondays and Tuesdays, I work in Salisbury, Missouri, so it takes me about 20 to 30 minutes to reach Moberly before heading to Columbia. She's saying that she's still going forward with, you know, still sticking to the current planned wedding day timeline, so hopefully that will also be helpful for you. And then she says thanks. So that was the email she sent to her wedding planner. Okay. However, James was able to pull it together And told her that he still wanted to move forward with the wedding. So that week, he and Molly went to Randolph County Recorder of Deeds and got their marriage license. Mm -hmm. As far as Molly knew, she was going to be getting married in a few days. I don't know what that was. The process of getting a marriage license isn't long, but it does require the couple to bring in a valid form of identification, you know, the social, Social Security card. And they must also sign documentation, including one that states that they're not currently married Mm -hmm. and that the statements they have provided are the truth. However, the man who's helping them with their marriage license actually felt unsettled by James. He felt like something was off, particularly when he had asked James if he had been married before. James had a weird reaction. Um, The guy said he seemed kind of rattled by the question and Mm -hmm. asked him, why do you need to know that? And James had been married before, obviously. Actually, he had been married four times before. But, regardless of him acting weird about that question, they proceeded with getting their marriage license, and he and Molly left that day on April 25th with their marriage license in hand. But, things took a different turn on April 27th, 2018, only two days after getting their marriage license, and two days before their wedding. Right. So, a man... Yeah. This is where it gets k- k- crazy So, a man named Glenn McSparren, I think that's how you say it. Mm-hmm. Was driving to his mother's house on the 27th to drop off his daughter. And he was so tired, he drove through a shortcut that led him through an intersection off Route M and Highway 151. And it was very common for him to take this route, or this shortcut. He had done it many times before, right through this dark road. So... It was just normal, and it was a pretty desolate area, but it wasn't uncommon for people to drive through it from time to time, so it wasn't, like, a a abandoned road that no one took at all. Like, it was, it wasn't, like, a busy road, but it was normal for people, you know, to take it. Yeah. So, on his way to drop off his daughter, he saw what appeared to be two vehicles, and at first, he didn't think much of it. He did, however, stop, and he spoke with a man who identified to be white and older in age. He was just passing by, asked if, asked this, this man if he needed help. He thought maybe they were stuck or something, you know, like that. But he seemed to think everything was fine and he continued on his way. Mm-hmm. Only 30 minutes later, around 10 p.m., Glenn drops off his daughter and he drove back through the same way he come in and he noticed this time that there was only one car, but he noticed more than that. He also noticed that there was a body just lying on the ground he knew something was very wrong right away he thought that this person could be deceased and so he immediately called 911 so they encouraged him to get out of the car try to see if this person's still alive he gets out and he can tell that they're not mm. and when police arrived at the scene they began to identify this person and after running the vehicle's registration they were able to determine that the body that was found was molly watson no yes So, from their initial reports, they thought that Molly had been struck in the back of the head, that there was some type of blunt force trauma that killed her, and they knew right away that this was a homicide. Mm -hmm. But once they were able to look further into her injuries, they actually had discovered that she had been shot once, execution style, in the back of the head. They thought that maybe this could have been robbery but they quickly ruled that out because she was wearing her engagement ring, you know, and if someone was robbing her, they would have took it. Yeah, yeah. So they started searching her car, and that's where they found her marriage license sitting on the passenger seat. So after hours of collecting evidence, a handful of officers looked up James Addy's address, because he's on the marriage license. Right. And went to his home to deliver the notification of death. Mm-hmm. who oh, y'all. When they got to his residence in Santa Fe, it was just a little after 2.30 a.m., okay? Okay. Y'all ready? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, giving someone, especially someone who's about to get married to this person, a notification that their spouse or soon-to-be spouse has passed is extremely difficult. Yeah. But... When they got to the house and knocked on the door, they were very surprised to see Melanie Addie at the door. James's wife of 23 years, who was still very much alive. I know you lying. And she was just as as, as confused as they were. She remembers that they were asking who she was at her own home, because they thought that they were at the home of Molly Watson's fiancee. And they were at the home of Molly Watson's fiance, but they were also at the home of his wife and his daughter, who was in high school and living there at the time. This is ratchet. Mm-hmm. So, once the police kind of clarified who she was, they brought James and Melanie in for questioning. And at first, Melanie was really confused. She's like, you know, she actually thought that one of James' co-workers had died, which... It was a co-worker. Right. It's not wrong, but... but there's more. <laughs> so his fiance, And they were just telling everyone that they worked with that this co-worker had passed. Mm-hmm. She couldn't quite understand what was going on. She didn't fully grasp that this person was actually listed as his fiancée on the marriage license. Okay. James had always told Melanie that he had zero tolerance for anyone who cheated. He had thought that it was just the worst thing that you could do, which of course you're going to say that. A lot of people say that whenever they're cheaters. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So Melanie was asked if she knew Molly. She said no. Eventually they explained to her who Molly was and how she was connected to her husband. And she was totally shocked. Yeah. She said that her husband had been sleeping at home every single night. He's always he's always been with her at the end of the day and he never seemed like he was unhappy in their marriage, but it suddenly dawned on her that over that oftentimes he would get off work at like three and he wouldn't be home until like five. But that's still on a long time. Like you have a fiance. You gonna spend time with for two hours a day? Yeah. You know that's I mean? not long at all. What's going on? Like I would have be been yeah. like, you're not staying the night. What's yeah. going on? Well, what, every, what every time, every time she'd bring that up, it would always end up in an argument. It never really got anywhere, so, you know, she never really figured out where he was or what he was, or what was taking him so long to get home, but she never thought it was cheating because James was so adamant that he hated cheaters. Right. So, police asked Melanie if James had any weird behavior that day. She said no. He was home, seemed completely normal. All she did know was that that evening he went out with a coworker. All she did know was that that evening he went he went out with a coworker and she didn't think much of it and went to bed before he got home. So, after she was at the police station and they were telling her all this stuff, and then she learned he had a fiance. Mm-hmm. In the early hours of the twenty eighth, which was the day before they were supposed, James and Molly were supposed to get married. Um, the wife.
0: Is going looking for stuff. Yes. Now that she knows all this, because she died on the 27th. Right. Molly so, did. Yeah.
1: So Mo- so Melanie, the wife, goes back to their house. She's trying to dig up evidence that James had been having this relationship, and she went into the basement where he kept a lot of his stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of his tools. She thought, you know, if he was hiding anything, it would probably, you know, be down there, but she couldn't find anything. Hmm. Then she goes up to the attic, thinking he had some evidence of his secret relationship up there, and she was right. Up in the attic, she finds several boxes that have Molly's name on them. Turns out that many of Molly's belongings have been being stored in their home without Melanie having any knowledge. Wow. Then, You um, literally...
0: <laughs> but you were literally about to get married to this other person, or you were pretending like you were going to. Mm-hmm.
1: Because obviously they, he, they weren't going to be able to go through with it with it because he's already married. How was he going to keep this a
0: secret? This is all in the same town? Well, no, he lives in Santa Fe. But still, I'm confused how you were going to have, like, I guess you can't put it in the newspaper. Can't post that you got married in the newspaper because you're still married. And you didn't tell her that the wife was dead. I just, okay.
1: Well, she then came across a locked chest. And she was able to open it, and when she did, she uncovered photo albums of Molly and James documenting their seven-year relationship with each (sighs) other, and there were photos of trips that the two of them had gone on, places like Florida, Mexico, and Melanie remembered when James took those trips, Mm -hmm. each with a different story about why he was going or who he was going with. He told her he was going to Florida for a sniper training for work, and when... And then he was invited by some male friends to go to Mexico, Mm -hmm. which he first turned down because he didn't want to go without his wife, Melanie, you know. Mm -hmm. But Melanie was actually the one who encouraged him to take that trip to Mexico with his friends and realized only now that he was actually there with another woman, Molly Watson. Right. Oh, Lord. Well, if that wasn't the worst of it, it turns out that James had taken Melanie on a trip to Mexico, just months after he had enjoyed that same vacation with Molly, literally took her to the same restaurants, the same—they done like had the same experiences. He did it all again with Melanie and acted like everything was fine. So obviously, Melanie's daughter is still living at home at the time because she's still in high school. So she had to put on a brave face for her, but you know she was devastated. Yeah. So,
0: confused and heartbroken. (laughs) I'm like, I'm shook. I'm shook to the core.
1: Well, you know, kids are smart. So, the next day was her daughter's junior prom, and she didn't want all this to ruin this event for her. But when her daughter came down on the morning of the 28th, she she just knew something was wrong. Kids are smart. They pick up on stuff. Right. You know, I'm sure she did her best to... You know, keep a brave face, but at the end of yeah, the day, kids it, be, you know. Yeah. So she knew that something was up with her mom right away and her grandparents were there, which was surprising to her. Mm-hmm. So they ended up explaining to her that her father was taking in for questioning, but didn't explain for what. It wasn't until after prom that a friend shared an article on oh Facebook. No, oh no, And that's when she learned everything. Oh uh. Obviously, you know, it was a shocking way to find out that her father had been cheating on her mother for one, but was also considered a suspect in his mistress's murder. Right. And what was especially striking to her is she recognized Molly Watson. She had met her before. What? Yes. So, their daughter's name's Emma. She was going to be going to Comic-Con with some of her friends a year earlier and she needed a costume. Her father tells her, I know someone who can make you know, who makes costumes. He then drives Emma over to Molly's one afternoon and the two of them sat down and talked about what she wanted her costume to look like. You know, she had no idea that this was actually she was actually meeting her father's girlfriend. And it's like crazy to me that this even like happened and Molly didn't like, you know what I mean? Like nothing come up about them being in a relationship or anything like that's just weird that's crazy right unless he was like you know don't break it to her because you know it's her mom we haven't told her yet or she's still
0: really sensitive about the subject so just don't say anything yeah oh you real like you're literally just gonna bring your kid around your mistress and be like yeah this is fun oh i know somebody who can do that like he sure did. D- didn't skip a beat or nothing. He He's a narcissist. This is bad. Mm-hmm. This is real bad. Okay.
1: So, obviously, the police wanted to question her when they found out that she had actually met Molly, and she had some important information regarding her father's alibi that night. James had told police that he had left his home around 7 p.m. that night to meet up with that coworker, but his friend wasn't home, so he came back around 8.30 p.m. hmm Although... Emma's version of the story is slightly different and doesn't put James getting back home until 10 Mm p.m. She told investigators that her father did leave around 7, like he said, but that night in particular, she had to stay up a little later to finish some homework. So she was in the dining room around 10 p.m. when he got home, and she was sure that that was the time, and he asks her what she's still doing up. She explains that she had to stay up a little later to do some homework, so, he says, okay, he, and he goes and does a lot of laundry, takes a shower, then comes back, says goodnight, gives her a hug before he goes to bed, and that was it for him for the night. Hmm. So, this means that James' whereabouts were unaccounted for during the time of Molly's murder. Right. Investigators even call up this friend that he supposedly was supposed to get together with that night, and this is... Mm-mm. This is just funny, because I just put myself in this... In the situations of like other people like he he yeah. said this co-worker did know James but said they definitely weren't friends and did mm. not have plans to hang out that night I said I don't know him like that savage I was <laughs> like I can't aren't you supposed to be dead like I just envision their faces like we definitely ain't friends yeah, like, like we ain't hanging out we are not friends mm So, it's really starting to look like James is involved in Molly's murder. So, investigators are going over all the evidence that they have trying to officially link him. Okay. There there were several key pieces of evidence. The two most important bits of evidence were the tire track that was found at the crime scene. Mm -hmm. And the second was a white t-shirt that was found just a few hundred feet away from Molly's body. Mm -hmm. They brought in an expert to... They brought in an expert in tire track analysis to confirm to police that the track found at the scene was consistent with the right rear tire of James's vehicle. And Emma identified the t-shirt as belonging to her father. This is crazy. She was certain about that because she actually made that t-shirt for him at school one day.
0: Lord have mercy. Just wearing your kid's shirt yeah. to a crime scene. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's like, yeah, I made that shirt.
1: Yep, sure did. Well, the t-shirt also tested positive for gunshot residue and DNA from Molly's blood. Mm. <laughs> However, James' DNA was not found on the t-shirt or at the crime scene at all. But the prosecutors believe that they had more than enough evidence to charge James with the murder of Molly Watson. So his trial date was set for April 26, 2021. So through their investigation, the police and the prosecuting attorneys believe that Molly was killed by James when she found out about his wife, who he was still married to and who was still very much alive. Yeah. Oh. In her opening statement, the state prosecutor set the scene for the jury. Then she goes on to explain how the police came to learn her fiancé's identity. Most of the trial's first day was spent introducing the crime and describing the relationship between James and Molly. The jury learned how in love Molly was, how eager she was to finally marry her boyfriend for seven years. Right. Even the defense really leaned heavily on the idea that James and Molly were very much in love and that they had this really romantic relationship. And they said that how could... You know, he killed someone that he loves so much. During the first day of trial, they also pre- presented the evidence that they had that. During the first day of trial, they also presented the evidence that they had that provided James Addy was guilty of giving. Jesus. During the first day of trial, they also presented the evidence that they had that proved James Addy was guilty of killing Molly Watson. The tire print, the t-shirt, and also some phone data that linked James to the crime. Evidence showed that the day before her murder, Molly made several online searches for Melanie's obituary. And when nothing came up, the police and prosecutors believed that she then confronted James and he had to make a decision. Which which life did he want to pursue because he was clearly living two different lives. Right. <sighs> And more key information came from Molly's phone through an app called DriveSense, which tracks your driving data mm-hmm. and location to help you better improve your driving patterns in the future. Mm-hmm. And data from this app showed that Molly drove for 22 minutes to get from her home to get to the location where she was murdered. Her phone also showed that she had James. Sh- her phone also showed that she and James had a 22-minute phone call that evening, which co- corresponded to ex- to the exact time of day that she was in the car and a search of her cell phone show that she and James texted the day of her murder about Melanie's funeral arrangements. He said that, The funeral is tomorrow. I love you. My nerves are shot. I'm getting ready to head to the airport in St. Louis to pick people up for the funeral. She said I'm sorry, sweetness. I love you so, so much. Is that why you were getting sick earlier? Are you okay? Talk to me, please. But just one day before she wasn't able to find anything about Melanie's death or car accident, for that matter. However, Molly was ex- was an extremely trusting person. She had been given no indication that her fiancé was lying to her. And even if she did, her loved ones believed that she may have looked past this because of how deeply she cared for him. And the tire print was a big part of this trial as well. They brought in the expert who compared the tire tracks with James's vehicle, and he testified to the comparison and to his analysis was that they were a match. And if the tire print wasn't enough, a search of James's home showed that his vehicle was covered in mud the day after Molly's death. So it's obvious that he had been driving through the area where Molly was killed. Mm-hmm. The second day of trial also had a lot of different testimonies. In addition to the experts who testified, several others took the stand. When Glenn took the stand, the guy who found her, the one that was taking his daughter to his mom, right. he explained how he came across Molly's body. Another important piece of testimony came from the man at Randolph County Recorder of Deeds. Remember how he had gotten weird vibes from mm-hmm. James that mm-hmm. day? How James didn't want to answer any questions about his previous marriage. He clearly was worried that they would pull up that he was still married to someone. However, in reality, there is no database that confirms, like, your current marital status. Right. So, when James said he was not married at the time he and Molly went into the office, there weren't any issues. Like, she didn't know anything because they can't be like, no, he's lying, he's married. Right, yeah. Of course, the defense did their best to try to cast doubt over the jury that James was responsible for the murder. For example, James's lawyer said that he paid off a $4,000 balance they had on something related to their wedding the day that she died. They argued if he was planning to kill Molly, why would he spend money on their wedding? Although the prosecution was able to argue that this was clearly to throw people off, that it was made to look like he didn't have this planned ahead of time. Right. Yeah. Melanie also testified, and it was very emotional. mm And in her testimony, she answered many questions, including about her car accident, which she clearly was not ever in a car accident. Right. That was non-existent. She was never on life support. She was clearly still alive. She also talked about finding everything in the attic that day and how she realized her husband had been having this whole deep relationship for seven years. Mm Mm-hmm. And Melanie maintains that she was unaware that her husband was having an affair, but says she absolutely believed that her husband was capable of murder.
0: Shoot. She said, mm-hmm. "Nope, you going down the river, sis. He,
1: she, <laughs> she threw him in the river. <laughs> and, absolutely. You out here? Mm-mm, no, yes. And this is so sad. And James became very emotional in court when it was time for his daughter to take the stand. How sad. Bless his heart. I bet you were. Because so. you thought every... How did he think this was going to go...
0: Th- like, I just don't understand what the end result was here. Like, did you really want to even marry her? Or were you going to just leave and then you changed your mind and then you decided you were going to, you know, kill her? Or she found out and so you had
1: to kill her? Makes no sense. But
0: like, she was going to find out because you're married
1: to someone mm-hmm. else and they're still alive. Yeah. I don't know. Stupid. Okay. Emma got up there, walked through the events the night that everything happened and how she knew that her father came home at 10 p.m. It was also crucial that she was able to testify that she had made that shirt for her dad, especially because his DNA wasn't on it. And although investigators are often able to use a bullet found in a victim to identify the owner of the murder weapon, the bullet that was found in Molly was severely damaged on impact. Oh, okay. Okay. There was one report out there that claimed that there was an attempt to match the bullet with the 22 caliber rounds found at James's home, but it was obviously not their strongest way to link him to the crime. And there were two inmates that James had been staying in jail with that he had told he was there in jail because he had put someone someone's face down in the ditch. And although James <laughs> pleaded not guilty, okay. he never said that these two charges against him were false. So on April 29th, 2021, which was three years after they were supposed to get married back in 2018, James Addy was found guilty of his first degree of this fir- <laughs> James and Addy. Oh, my God. That's his- <laughs> James Addy was found guilty of first degree murder and armed criminal action. James went back for his court sentencing on July 29th, 2021. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I have this attitude, it'll just come out right. And the victim's impact statements from Molly's brother and son were extremely emotional. Oh, God. And Dad, they God. hoped, girl, they hoped that James would face the most severe punishment possible. So I'm going to read you what the brother said and what the son said. And I'm like, mm. oh, my. Okay. okay. same time her brother said in court i just want to say molly was my best friend and my sister that i will never see again this monster took her from not only one but all the family and friends that love her this horrible tragedy caused my mom to go over the edge before she passed away this year she was diagnosed with severe psychological trauma from molly's murder My dad had been taking care of my mom for over two years, dealing with the stress of a murdered daughter and a wife of 50 years that sometimes couldn't recognize him. The stress from that took his life in September of 2020 of a heart attack. The heartache and stress of it all has taken a toll on all of us. What? Isn't that terrible? Both the parents are gone. This is horrific. This is just so sad. Within two years of her her death. Ugh. So this is the letter from Declan, her son. Today I was asked to write this letter and I wasn't sure what to say until now. You took one of the most important people in my life away from me. She was an amazing, smart, and beautiful person. And sure, she wasn't a perfect person, but nobody's perfect. She wasn't a perfect mom, but being a mom isn't about being perfect. It's about making good decisions for your child. And that's what she did. And I believe she only ever made one real wrong decision which was believing in and trusting you. And you just kept lying to everyone around you. The only reason she believed you was because she loved you and looked past your flaws and was probably willing to walk to the end of the earth for you and you couldn't be a little bit honest with her or anyone for that matter. That means you are the kind of man who is a coward, who has no regrets about his past actions, and you are willing to move on to the next person like they are just an object. And my mother was no object. <laughs> that's sad? Oh my gosh. Was sad. Talking about. I'm just moving on to the next person, like they're just an object, and my brother was no object. Like, and let it be known for the record. So sad. Period. I cried when I was watching the video of him because that's In Court. I was like, oh my god. Mm. And in the end, James Addy was given a life sentence without the possibility of parole. And despite his conviction, of course, James tried to appeal his sentence, saying that he needed a retrial. Ready. Because his lawyer was inadequate in his representation. And as of today, there has been no information about where, whether or not he will get that retrial. But it seemed very unlikely. But I'm like, you're trying to say my lawyer was inadequate inadequate in his representation. I said, boy. Goodbye. You killed her.
0: You left your your daughter's homemade shirt for you at the crime scene. Your tire prints are there. Get out of here. Like, and he gonna cry when he see his daughter go up there to testify? Like, oh yeah, but you thought this would never happen, huh? Well, you
1: know what? You shouldn't have killed anyone. Mm-hmm. And they were probably fake tears. They were probably just trying to... Crocodile. Probably just trying to get the jury to make it look like he was like, you know, innocent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that was the case. of Molly, oh, Molly. Watson. Molly. hmm was sad. Molly. Ah. <sighs> <sighs> so... That's intense. Yeah. It was insane. I was like, "Oh
0: my god." And his poor wife. I mean, you've been married for 20 years. You find out your husband's been cheating on you for 7. Not even just cheating, like he's has a whole other a whole life. Yeah, double <laughs> life. Double life. <laughs> double. Double. Okay. Viva yeah. double. Um so yeah, mm-mm. Mm-mm. and then you found out he's a murderer on top of that like wow it's just she probably feels like she doesn't even know who he is anymore oh yeah i'm sure or that she ever did she ever, ever know did she him? ever yeah Mm-mm-mm.
1: well that was a good story Shanks.
0: <laughs> justice for molly
1: so if you have any comments questions concerns or stories you'd like to tell you can email us at murders at gmail.com
0: Yes, and you can go to our Instagram, at a million murders, and you can look at the people, the places, the things, or the artwork, if it's, you know, something that doesn't have anything, doesn't Mm -hmm. have any pictures. And you can also go to our Facebook page and group, a million murders, we have both. And you can follow us there so that you can see when we're posting things. And if there's any, you know, technical difficulties, anything like that. And uh I think that's it. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. All right. And we hope that you come back for a a million million more. More. Bye. Bye.